Beard Bros. Campfire Fun Time. I'm Grant. I'm Tyler. You got a beard! We do. Both of them. A great big bushy beard. That's right. All right, so we're back. It's been a little delay, as you know, but, you know, real life happens. We got some stuff to talk about, though. It's exciting. It's cool. Um, you know, we're not going to get to talk about the normal stuff, like, review, do all that. Share us. Spread us. We appreciate it. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's jump into this bad boy. First things first, we have some new, uh, some new firearms to talk about. Ooh. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I Those pew-pews and bang-bangs. Some of that. We got, um, some new guns in the past couple weeks. Well, I did. I can't remember if I talked about um, my new carry gun changing and going to the Glock 43X. Yeah, you've talked about the Glock. Okay, well, I have that. If you guys don't know about the Glock 43X, you can uh, find out all about that online, Glock.com, all that kind of stuff. Um, They're great guns, Um, real simple. It fits my hand really well. It's very similar to the Hellcat, just a little bit more blocky. It's a little uglier. Yeah. Yep, it is. And that's kind of what I want is something I don't care that much about. Uh, then I shoot really well with um, Glocks are so easy to shoot that I have kind of a saying everybody should be able to shoot a Glock really well. They're kind of just the standard basic gun. You gonna you, know? you gonna Gucci gun it? Not at all. Put a whole Not bunch of crazy parts and nope. No, the only thing I did it. to it, I took it apart. They call the factory grease out that gold <clears throat> coppery stuff yep. that Glocks always have. Kind of garbage. Stripped grease. it all and uh, I polished all the internals. So you just take you know super fine, uh, super fine sandpaper like three thousand, six thousand grit kind of stuff, and and you can polish all your internals where everything's touching and make your trigger feel a little bit better, a little bit smoother, make the slide just a little quieter, but. You know, just just enough to take that kind of new gun, sharp edges off of everything, and polish and shine up the the metal on the trigger trigger bar and trigger shoes and stuff, and that makes a huge difference. And it costs you really nothing if you've got these sandpaper. Yeah, your around. time, you yeah. know, and maybe a little elbow grease, yeah. but yeah, absolutely, super easy. And Glocks Definitely are works. obviously easy to take apart. You know, two pin, three pin for all Glocks, so they're. Very easy to disassemble and put the, back together. The Glocks are the Honda Civics of yeah. the gun world. They're so cheap. All the accessories. Buy anything and everything you want. I got a really cool firearm that I actually had to call the conservation agent. And no one has returned my phone calls. And I kind of suspected. Imagine that. One, because they don't want to talk to me and answer my question. Because I don't think they... They don't have an know. Answer. They have no, no idea. And they don't want to give me an answer and be probably responsible or liable for me doing something. <clears throat> well, what I had to call about. I went to Eagle Armory, of course. Went and saw Zach Tierhark over there. Zach, appreciate it. And I did some trading, uh, did some selling, did some buying. And I ended up putting in my e-file form four if i'm not mistaken for a 22 suppressor it's about 30 days ago now so i i'm looking like pretty close right 60 days like 60 60 70 days, days until you get get it back bingo no the they're not files brent no ball from 417 guns shout out to you brent as well from here in springfield 417 guns another long-standing 
uh, class four dealer. So they have suppressors and all of that as well. Really good prices. Brent said he started to get back e-file forms from January. And that was about three weeks ago. Wow, that's incredible. The e-file is incredible. It used to be like, what, 18 months? Yeah, a year to 18 months? It was like nine months to like 12 months. And then the time just kept getting pushed back. And there were people just waiting over a year to get a noise suppressor. Now, folks, you've heard the term silencers. And I know we briefly talked about this. And obviously, for those that don't know, suppressors, fully automatics, uh, destructive devices, things like this are in their own category. They're class three weapons, you know, so you have to have what's called a federal tax stamp in order to even possess these things in order to get them. And if you don't have said tax stamp, you're not going to get them from a store, period. <clears throat> but if you make one of these, like manufacture or you buy on the black market, whatever that may right. be, you know, a private sale, you're risking like at least 20, 25 years in prison. (laughs) It's just such a bad idea. Now, why are noise suppressors in the class three category? Because people are scared of them because Hollywood, they can shoot and I can't hear their bullets. Ah, Yeah. Come on. Magic ghost shards coming out of the ghost guns. Yeah. What actually, you know, in fact, um, it brings down the decibel level of the initial crack of the projectile kind of leaving the barrel and breaking the sound barrier, which can be what is like 1100 feet per second, 1050 subsonic. So that's subsonic, anything under that amount. And when you shoot subsonic, you don't quite hit the, you don't break the sound barrier. So some 45s outside in the middle of nowhere with no sound to bounce off of you can kind of shoot it and it's not really going to hurt your ears that much same with nine right it hovers around that sound barrier part whereas 45 going much slower you know but if if anyone's been around a gunshot even a pistol to a rifle mm -hmm. it's loud yes so why wouldn't you want to just muffle it slightly why do you have to jump through all these hoops just to make it quiet yeah, and that's legitimately all it does. And people say, well, no, I've heard this argument privately and I've seen it publicly. Um, well, suppressors slash silencers make you, you know, more dangerous. They can't hear where the bolt's coming from. You know, it 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 allows an assassin to kill more people. Oh, yeah. I'm like, well, let me, let me say this. F- what it actually does is it tries to prevent a supersonic crack. And doesn't it slow it slow down Tremendously. the projectile? So the whole it makes point. it less deadly. It captures the gases and unburnt powder. Right. Mostly the gases. That's the whole point of it. That's why it takes a couple shots for it to get warmed up and then the gases fill up. Like when you shoot a can, like a nine or forty five in yeah. a handgun, it's so cool. It goes like you can hear it get like into it. filling up That's the crevices. Crazy. Very, very, very cool. I was fortunate enough to shoot a lot of suppressed stuff around Zach and around Eagle Armory, and then Shot Show we shot some and some fully automatics. And I say we put that on the uh, AKs. Remember whenever yep. we borrowed that one? And man, yep. that was had, just, that was so the, much uh, fun to shoot an AK silenced. Hunter Town Kestrel 
7.62, if I'm not mistaken. And we took that out there because I was very curious. I'm like, if they can do a 7.62 can for, like, I think it was like 400 or 500 bucks, very cheap yeah. in comparison to other brands. If they could do a 30 caliber can that makes an AK quiet enough that you're just hearing like that piston actuating and a, a like a real loud boom still, but it's, it's, it's enough that it lowers the recoil and lowers the sound that you could potentially not wear hearing protection. Right. Potential. You wouldn't want to still. No, it's still going to be loud, but yes. it's going to take a lot of the bite out of it for sure. Yeah. And especially if you're going out there and plinking, that's not really what you would want to do with that. You know, that's no. like for that target shooting where you're shooting one round, waiting a little bit. The only grouping. thing I would ever use a suppressor for, I would say would be next to my nightstand in the middle of the night, got my pistol with a suppressor yeah. on. So if something happens, it. you don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, my ears are going to be ringing if I have to let off a couple, you know what I mean? And Who knows? But. My biggest thing that I'm going to be using it for is hunting. Luckily yeah. in our state, you can use certain class three things, never fully automatics. No. But what I'm talking about is certain class three, like if you had a short barreled rifle, you know, something like that, <clears throat> you could potentially use that. But what I'm referring to mostly is suppressors. And the advantage, obviously, and very clear first advantage, is you don't have to wear earplugs, which means you're better connected to the woods or your mountains or wherever you're hunting at. More aware of your surroundings. Yes, you, you can, can hear, hear everything. everything. Yeah. As it should be. Instead of hearing nothing with plugs or over the ears or hearing too much with Howard lights. Yeah. Where you're hearing squirrels having a symphony of dancing yeah. <laughs> overly celebration in the lead. You can't really tell directional no. like a hundred percent. It's so blowing it's... just kind of everywhere. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the problem. And one of the advantages, not only for hearing protection or of using a suppressor is hearing protection, but follow up shots because there's less recoil. You're not scaring off the whole, you're not scaring off the whole woods. forest. Yeah. yeah. It allows you to get potentially another shot in case you had a, not quite lethal, you know, first shot. And potentially if you're doing things like hog hunting, you'll get two, three, four hogs instead of one. Yeah, you, you're aiming for multiple. And for if sure. the Department of Conservation actually really does care about the hog populations and lessening them and never letting it get to a bad, bad, bad problem, then they would incentivize means of eradicating hogs as best you can, which is generally pen trapping, you know, where they have pen circle trap pins. And and, yeah, or it's, yeah. It's so effective. It's very cheap and that, that tends to be the way to go. But what their logic is as well, we're not going to let, you know, hunters have a hog season because only killing one isn't really going to do anything. Well, who says we're only going to kill one? If it's a bad problem and there's six pigs in a field, yeah, you can person you can five probably tags or yeah, you can or probably get at least two yourself. Yeah. I've seen it happen with archers on boars because he'll hit one, they'll run a little bit, and then one will stop. So he'll he'll hit another one. Yeah, but it's like a group of hogs, and <clears throat> I feel like if the conservation department really wanted to stop the problem and and not keep the problem going, so they can continue programs to make money. Um, and stay relevant, then they would allow hunters to hunt. I wonder what percentage of like the budget they actually get, and what do they use it on? You know, I don't know. I'm sure it's public information. I wonder if I could look that up. I'm yeah, sure it's public, here. and I'm and I'm biting my tongue because I my initial urge is to start talking bad about them. You know what I mean? Because there's so many things that 
that they do wrong that I often forget to look at what they do right. Like I wish they would do things like cut and stack firewood at all the conservation areas and campsites since they're clearing wood anyway. Cut and stack it like a lot of Arkansas campsites do. I think that's amazing. I think that's that's just an amazing thing to do. Um, But there's lots of things that we don't do, and I'm glad we don't because our conservation department does do a good job. And I just saw a video of, I want to say it was Minnesota or something. This trucker, uh, not a trucker, he was in a truck. Farmer guy was driving a back road and he saw blood in the snow. So he pulled over and he took out his phone. He's like, I'm going to start recording this. And he starts following and it looks like a drag track. And he's like, well, clearly wolves or something got to it. Um, but it's fresh. He saw there's like blood, blood. He goes back and starts seeing boot prints. Turns out there's like two or three deer carcasses dumped that look like they were hit by cars. And he's like, I would love to believe this Hmm. is not a dump site for our conservation department because they are trying to tell us that chronic waste disease is so bad. And here they are dumping three. He's like, they were like four boot prints out there and it was in the middle of nowhere on like a back farm road. And he highly suspects that Hmm. that might be a conservation area dump spot and that's that not just, the way you're supposed to it do it could have been just the guy that was lazy he's supposed to take it back to some you know what i mean like the, well, the guy yeah. who found a possibly yeah something but he just didn't want to fill out the paperwork or, i don't know about that who knows you know, yeah that's like i said i can't even remember what state it's in but that video just circulated no more than like a week ago you guys have probably seen it or you, you could probably find it by kind of searching up some of those terms but there's a guy stumbles upon like two deer carcasses off a trail dang that's crazy and he initially thought it was wolves, and then he's like, "Yeah, no, this is Someone this is suspicious. Yeah, yeah, this is very <laughs> suspicious because if this is a dump site for conservation department, then not only are they being hypocrites, they're being dangerous, and they're potentially spreading oh, disease very, and... very bad disease because yeah. they got rotting deer carcasses that were just thrown in a pile, basically on the off this trail, and it's so so bad." so bad the mismanagement yeah that's terrible <clears throat> um to get back on the firearms and the class three things you know we talked about the suppressors here i, I finally found okay. out in missouri the department of missouri conservation will have a budget of 160 mil 60 percent of that's coming directly from our sales tax 160 mil dude doesn't really go into detail year. on where it's going yeah yeah and that would be course this it's not itemized right. and broken down Man, I, that's just a lot of money for a state, I think. I mean, like I said, at least we're not neglecting in our state. Right. There's lots of things I can pick apart that they that they don't do, and I wish they would, but there's lots of things that they do. Well, and yeah, it's I very mean, you just look at some of the part, like, the, is it Nathan Green or Nathaniel Green or something yeah. like that? I mean, that park is just stunning. Well, that's probably the park board, Springfield, Springfield Park Board. Yeah, okay. they're not going to be doing that. Conservation, really? Conservation okay. a- agents are dealing with the conservation areas, national forests, state parks, mm-hmm. things like that, not city parks and park board. That, right, that deals right. with the park board of your city or, you know, but... That suppressor I got was a little 1022, so I'll be using that for squirrels. We talked about that. But along the same lines as the kind of the class three thing, you know, we talk short barreled rifles, there's short barreled shotguns, you know, there's any other weapons. So like a 40 millimeter launcher for the bottom of like an AR-15, that's a destructive 
device. You know, that's class three. You, you right. can't do it without proper things, right? Well, the gun manufacturers are very sneaky and they have ways around certain things. So they have like spikes tactical. We, we, we know them. Uh, AR parts, AR guns, all sorts of stuff. Really nice products for a good cheap price. Spikes Tactical has, uh, I think it was a 35 millimeter firework launcher. Why? <laughs> because it's not 40 millimeters, which is described as a destructive. Dis- but why do dist- I want it so bad? Because, Just yeah. Oh, dude, it. dude. We, they're so cool. I'll tell you it what. It has the, the same Dude, thump. You <laughs> flip the thing over. Right. You load your canister, and there's a slew of aftermarket fireworks, smoke, strobers. That's cool. Dude, incendiary type, but not real fire. It's like magnesium, so it's legal. It's, it's fireworks. It's show fire kind but of. But you yeah. wouldn't want to get shot with one because right. it'll set your clothes on fire for real. <laughs> like, magnesium just keeps burning. That's that hot white. Mm-hmm. So there's certain rounds in this 35 millimeter launcher that would be very very dangerous especially if you shot it in a house or to close space oh, or man. on fabric or clothes it would be destructive but because our legislation and atf is garbage and they're not legislation but they choose to act that way and they write laws they defined it as a 40 millimeter so spikes made a 35 millimeter and there's all these you know, you can load it on the bottom of your AR on the handguard and squeeze that front trigger and shoot a little firework That's or so like cool. a smoke out the yeah. front. They're really cool. Well, another one of those things that's kind of a skirt is what I picked up. It's from Kalishnikov USA, which Kalishnikov, yes, the general, um, the same from the AK. You that's, know, that's the K in the AK. Yeah, if you didn't know that, guys, it's um. They decided to branch out. This was years ago. I want to say it was the year I went to SHOT Show. was the year that Kalishnikov first opened the KUSA, where it's 100% US um, USA-made right. and from USA materials, but it's all of the Russian variants. Like, it's their platforms made by us, but from them, too. Right. So it's this weird inception, and I want to say it's made in Florida, but they have so many different things, little subcompact nines on the AK variant on AR, uh, 762s and yeah. all this. Well, I picked up what's called the Comrade 12 gauge, Comrade with a K. And it is not a shotgun, but it shoots 12 gauge. It's not a pistol because it has a forward grip stock from the factory. And it's not a rifle or sorry. It's not a pistol because it's also never had a stock and it doesn't have a stock. It's not a rifle because the barrel's not long enough. So it's it's, it's in that weird gray area of a firearm, officially <laughs> a labeled firearm. by the ATF as a firearm. They're getting and real creative, aren't they? This is precisely to circle way back to what I called the conservation agents for. I rang them up and, of course, no answer. So I left a voicemail. Hey, my name is so and so. I have a firearm I would like to ask a question about for potentially hunting and it's not a shotgun it's not a pistol and it's not a rifle and it is a factory firearm from a United States manufacturer but I need to know what my rules and regulations as far as like magazine restrictions you know 
all sorts of things because a rifle is not the same as a shotgun when you go for hunting. There's different um, restrictions in for certain seasons. They'll have their own restrictions as well for shot and size. So I needed to know. Yeah, I got no answer. And that's one of those things. You're held liable. So if you're out there you know, yeah. on your land or whatever and you shoot something and then someone hears, hey— you're not supposed to be shooting that out here yeah. or whatever the and case I'm like, is. Well, this and isn't a shotgun. Like that shoots 12 gauge. looks like a shotgun to me. I'm yeah. like, well, it's not. That's I feel like the, it could be troublesome down, area. yeah, down the way. But which, luckily, I'm not going to be using that for hunting at all. I was just curious. Yeah. I have my other shotgun, which is what I did buy the CZ 612 Turkey yeah. Magnum. Turkey one. Yeah. Love it, dude. It's it's like a 28 inch barrel or something. I mean, it's. Big, long, it's mossy oak camo or, or, or on it. Um, it's dipped. It's a pump, so there's no semi-auto to worry It'll about last here. last forever, as long as you keep It'll it run loose. any yep. shell. It comes with two chokes, an extra modified and a full, or an extra modified and a turkey. So mm. it's like extra squeezed. Yeah. And there are people patterning it like 60 yards with that gun, Dang. which is insane. Yep. So I'm going to take that out there. And uh, this is also a good time to say I finally closed on three acres of wooded land. Yeah. It was amazing. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I'm proud of you, dude. That's cool. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, that's like 15 years waiting to get some land. Because there, I mean, there's nothing better than being a landowner. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, one could say I'm a king. You're a king of your own land. I'm Absolutely. A lord. I'm a lord. You are fake news. I don't I don't agree with that. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm going to take that CZ turkey shotgun out in a few weeks cuz turkey season I've starts. I've got a couple uh, AR500 targets we can set up wherever you want to. I'm going to ping a, ping along of those. I've shot those darn things with the AK oh, yeah. and they will yeah, dude it doesn't yeah. even dent him. I'll do that right after turkey season cuz I don't want to scare them them birds away. There's I've been hearing a lot of them. Uh, when we were, last weekend, I was out there on the land kind of working and clearing. I've been out with my girlfriend trying to clear. You've came out a day, too. Yep. We're Chopping out there down clearing, them old ones. Old trying to get dead, dead wood, saplings there. out of the way, and burning leaves and burning brush. I've got like maybe a 20-foot by 30-foot area, and my goal was like a 30 by 30 cleared out just so we could camp and kind of start cooking and camping and getting getting ready for hunting but i estimate i won't finish clearing kind of getting it reset for another year you know yeah. it'll it'll just be like well, so I much work constant just clearing until it gets but to, to have a, a good game plan is better off than for sure just you know what i mean just wipe start, out everything and yes. then yeah and that's what I've been really careful for. You know, I've been trying to plan and go slow enough, right. just burning all the obvious deadwood and stuff that's down, clearing the obvious stuff out of the way. And start planning where structures are going, yeah. what you're going to do with this corner, you know, and absolutely. Kind of. Yeah, I was excited whenever you got that thing, dude. I was like, my mind went to instantly like, all right, what are we building on here? Oh, what yeah. are we doing? And I was getting excited for clearing land, man. There's, there's nothing better than Swiss family Robinson sweating stuff. it out, cutting down logs. You know, and just, it's good for the soul, I think. Yep. And, a, you know, I'm no, like, uh, 
90 pound Indonesian guy in the jungle no. that's going to be up there with a bamboo <laughs> and machete and that's a that builds these ridiculous structures in, you know, 100 200 days, but what I can do is build a really nice elevated platform up top that's, you know, 10 12 feet off the ground that's got walls, that's got a roof and then plan on having a little ladder that goes up even higher, breaks the tree line so we can kind of see above it into the valley. There are bears there, by the way. Yeah. And big cats. So we got to be careful. Um, and there's no uh, running away, really. You can't, if you're no. up in the tree, they're going to get you. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's. <laughs> yeah. I'll have, have to like home alone some yeah. some traps or something. Some falling some booty traps. traps. <clears throat> but yeah, I'm pretty excited. It's in the Lebanon, Missouri area. You know, around there, they got a, a lot of surrounding little pockets of. Uh, a lot of waterways and stuff around there too. Yeah, that's where the Niangua River is. Uh, for those that don't know, Bennett Springs feeds into it. There's a few sp- springs that feed right into it. So the water is ice cold. You know, there's trout, and brown it's, and it's rainbow beautiful, trout, blue, especially yeah. around like the Haha Tonka area, right where the you know springs are coming out. Man, it's just beautiful. They got tons of outfitters down there. If you're into floating, that's something that we here in Missouri have done growing up. And when you're kids, you always like float trips you get on boats uh kayaks canoes rafts whatever float down the river seven miles 14 miles sometimes 20 plus for some overnight floats it is funny because like i've i've talked to out-of-staters right and they're just boggled they don't know they don't they don't understand what do you mean you guys float yeah what we have a great time enjoying yeah. nature and float down the stream. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, that sounds fun. It do? is fun. Well, you know how a river <laughs> runs? You just get on that you water. Just, you just ride it out. And it flows straight down. It's very crazy. You can fish. You can drink. You can you can have a great time. Yeah, th- there's lots of people that didn't grow up around water at yeah. all. Like, no waterways. But <clears> last time I went floating, there the uh, water patrol... What they would do is they just oh, yeah. zip past you real quick on their little fast boat, and then they'd be like, uh, you know, still within eyesight of you, but they'd pull up binoculars. So they zip past you and then just and turn watch. around and watch you for five minutes or yeah, so. They're Make sure you're not doing anything and then go on up the river. I'm like, good grief. They're these creepers. Guys. I I didn't see this because I heard it from a friend. But he was one of those guys that was down in Arkansas like every weekend with his dad when he was a kid. And Mm -hmm. when I met him, I was 21 and he was like 35. So he had been doing this a long time. He said multiple times on the Buffalo River he's seen ghillie suit rangers. Yeah, just hiding out. Hiding in the bush miles (laughs) away from nothing, dude. You cross bend after bend after bend on the river, cliff after cliff. It's silence. You, I mean, there's barely even wildlife around you in some parts. And then he said he saw rustling in the bushes and there was a ghillie suit ranger watching him with binox. Like what in the world do they have? going on that someone could just sit in a bush for eight he's hours he's just hoping that you know he catches that one guy just pulling out drugs or, or something yeah, yeah something ridiculous he's you got know? glass on the river get him yep. get him get him i'm gonna have to give you this hey, 50 dollars fine hey, here you're there pull over that bush is talking dude go <laughs> oh my gosh the bush is 
The bush is talking. I'm already pulled over. I'm on the same. <laughs> I can't pull over any farther. <laughs> They're all on mushrooms, and he's trying to paddle. He's just in the sand. His oars snapped in Sir, half. Sir, when people normally pull over, they pull over on the s- <laughs> <laughs> on the side of the road. Side of the road, yeah. Make some movies oh. there. But up there in the same kind of area, you know, they got Bennett Springs Trout Park. That's a really awesome place where they breed and raise rainbow trout and then they release them into the river there so you get farmed wild trout and there's a section before they get like released released roaring river is a great one where they have yeah 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 that's 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 the same kind of thing and they have like four zones that the trout make their way through they release them at the top. Yeah, they'll stock them. And then the first one is like natural flies only, where it's like you can only use a fly rod. You can only use fly, like tied flies. The next zone might be any rod flies only, artificial only. So you're not allowed to use real bait, no eggs, nothing mm. like that. And then like the next zone might be, you know, real bait or something but they make their way down through zones so you just find your zone with what you're doing there you know you pay in the office and then you get your trout tag and you walk straight down to whatever zone you're going in it's amazing if you haven't done it you gotta do it you'll catch fish you know unless you're an idiot and you don't need a fly rod you can bring a little spinning rod you You can can go catch trout rainbow trout it's there's it's so good and i i want to say I mean, it's been years since I've... I used to go every opening opening season or whatever in Roaring River, and that's in, in Cassville. And you, I, I want to say it was like six or seven you could keep. I think as long here, as they're over a certain weight I think or length here it's or something. Three Maybe that's what at, I can't at remember. At this place. It's, yeah. it's three rainbow and one brown. Hmm. Or it might be like six rainbow and two brown, but the brown you're not allowed to keep. You know, They, they have to be over a certain length. Yeah. They have to be in... And, but and they, they release day. them when they're a certain length. So right. all of the ones you catch are going to be. Yeah. I remember open day. I mean, it's shoulder to shoulder. You're, you're, you know, you have mm-hmm. a two foot patch in front of you of water. That's all you can yeah. fish at. So it's kind of miserable, but it's still pretty fun. But. Yeah. Well, that place is down there. So you always have access to, you know, fresh fish and good water, clean spring water. It's ice cold. But what's, what's even cooler, like the, all the Amish and Mennonites live around there. So you could throw a rock and hit like an Amish store, a Mennonite store. And some of them are like bulk discount goods. So they're a little expired, but you'll get but still stuff tasty. for so cheap. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so cheap. Kind of their special is like a cart, a cart full of stuff will cost you maybe like 15, 20 bucks. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really, really good. It's hit or miss. Some of the little fruit pies that we got, the fruit filling was just so dry. Mm. You're just like, I'm not going to eat this. No. But we got a four-pack of palm, those 100% pomegranate juice. But this was the palm blue, so it's 50-50 pomegranate blueberry. Mm. It was $4 for a pack of four, (laughs) which is normally cost for almost one. Yeah, that's crazy. But... uh. There's lots of stuff around there. I'm pretty excited, you know, to go out there, start building, harvesting off the land. We met a neighbor out there actually too. He drove down the road. I 
had my hand on my gun. I'm like, who is this? Like, why is someone coming down here? It's like yeah. a truck comes barreling down that little gravel road. He comes walk. I think he said his name's Billy or Bobby. It's probably Billy Bobby or Bobby Bill. Bobby Bill, Billy Bob. <laughs> I I honestly think it, it's Billy or it's Bobby. Because hey, what y'all doing? It's like oh great, you know, oh you know just kind of clearing. Y'all moving in? No, I'm just kind of. This is just you it's know just the some first playland. Sign of life he's seen in a yeah, while. Yeah, he hasn't seen a human in twenty years. <laughs> just out there walking through the woods, and yeah, he's in a big jacked up you know Ford F one fifty, like real old. I mean, was he he's pretty cool, guy. or was he just, I mean, just kind of being he was, snoopy? He was fine. He didn't yeah. give me creepy vibes after he started talking. I was like, well, yeah. he's, he's just a little a little dumb, you know. I bet he was just concerned, like, well, obviously, because you're going to be yeah. his new neighbor. So yeah. he's kind of see when Down you're up to. So. Yeah. But also, we're, we're up there, and uh, after he had already left, it was like 15 minutes later, not coming from his house, but like behind us and behind his house and down the hill a little ways in the middle of the woods, we hear a big, big explosion. Just <laughs> enough where mm. I felt like a little bit of the concussion on my chest. Is there a quarry around? And I was there like, what in the world is that? And she, of course, starts freaking out. Mm. Oh my gosh, what is that? Is that a bomb? I'm like, it's not a bomb. <laughs> you can't say the B word nowadays. No. Um, <laughs> But then immediately I was like, that sounded like Tannerite to me. Yeah. It sounded That's like a hillbilly having some fun. It the, sounded yeah. like a, like a, I would probably guess a pound or two. Yeah. Like one of the big ones. Um, I've used, uh, two pounds on a beaver trees. dam and it worked marvelously. It'll clear yeah. It'll, it'll clear everything. If you're looking to drain. Yeah. Ponds that get dammed up by beavers. You can kind of dig a little. A little circle on each side of the dam yeah. by the by the uh, dirt and stuff. Yeah, we just dug Buried down right in the middle it. a little bit and made it, you know, to where he had we had a clear <laughs> shot. And my buddy, he's just it like, "Hey, I want my up. pond back," you know. And they dammed it all up, so we shot it, and it just blew everything yeah. just perfect, and the water was just flowing like milk yeah. and honey. And it's cheap. That's the beautiful thing. People are like, well, where do you get that? You can walk into most gun stores and buy it. Yeah. You know, it's perfectly legal. I want to say it was only like 20 or 30 bucks or something yeah, like it's, that. Yeah, the price might have gone up now for the pound. I uh, can't remember. For for the pound ones, it's like 30 or 40 bucks maybe. But if you got to think about if That's I had massive. to, if I had to manually disassemble the beaver dam, think about all the hours I would have spent and still not done a good job. That took one bullet, so 50 cents. Yeah. And then the 20 bucks worth of Tannerite, yeah. and it was over in 30 seconds. Yeah. You can't beat it. You just got to be careful with that. You remember the video of the uh, lawnmower guy? Hmm. He's an idiot, and now probably a double amputee. Oh. He was... Blew up a lawnmower? He was... It looked like he was on it, you know, his homemade little range in his backyard, walking through like a little game trail, basically, with... And he was... Less than like 40 yards, 50 yards from a lawnmower. It looked like an old beat up, you know, like craftsman or something. A riding, yeah, a riding lawnmower. Yeah, yeah. And he had put a pound of tannerite. Mm. And he's like, I'm just going to shoot it and blow it up. And he's poof, missed. So he, he's walking. 
He's already 40 yards, oh, which you goodness. you have to be at least over 100, yeah, 150. And then still be behind something yes, for shrapnel. Yes, <laughs> Be lying down. Remember, like we did, we would lie down behind like a tree or like yeah. a stump. You want cover. You, you shoot and you kind of duck your head down immediately. You're shooting a big explosion. And he was walking towards it. Boom. And you see slow motion, a piece of metal. Mm-hmm. take his leg off and I'm if I'm not mistaken his buddy was there it was like oh my gosh yeah. it was like famous forever or that guy that blows his barn up and he uses yeah I've seen the barn like 10 that's or 15 massive. pounds that's he shoots way it. too much yeah <laughs> the barn is there and then it's gone it looked like it was nuked just yeah, gone it's incinerated crazy. <laughs> and you can just walk into a store and buy that yeah but that's the thing is that like you might get scared but you have to mix the components together for it yeah. to be, and then a high-powered Shake rifle. And, yeah, that, that's what that's what sets it off. Something supersonic speed has to be going yeah. through it. Because I, yeah, because we tried ignited. pistol, it wouldn't. Even take, the AK didn't yeah, do the it AK through the Bubba take, keg, right? Because the Bubba keg, we put t- a little like one like, ounce or two ounce little, yeah, little tannerite bit. thing inside of a Bubba keg, and we mixed it up, shook it, and kept it in a little container. And the Bubba keg's like the big 50 or 80 ounce, or I can't remember how big they were. Yeah, I want to say it's like a half gallon or something. It was, yeah. it was a big guy. So like 128. Yeah. And we capped it, and it had that aluminum shield on the outside of the yeah. insulation. And when I shot it with the AK, multiple times through the dead center, we waited. Nothing even happened. I'm like, okay, this is crazy. And open it up. Remember, bullets went right yeah. through it. It's just it's not moving fast enough. So we had to shoot it with the AR. And then it, boom. And then just the bub cake. With, I think we got it on film. I got to find that video. It was yeah. cool. We ought yeah. to put it on the Facebook page, but yeah. I'll find it. Yeah, that was... It, a, it was just gone. Just <laughs> poof. <laughs> that's the magic. Like, if you got a tree or a stump you need taken out, that's yeah. the easiest way to do it. It's so cheap. And rather than spend all that in gas for or, like a bobcat or something to go take gas, it down. Or even just try to drill it out yourself. Chemical to Burn die. It. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No way. That Tannerite's fun. <clears throat> Man. Will anything else happen? Well, I'm going to... Uh, oh, I yeah. I said Conway tonight. I got a buddy that's just like, hey, we just finished up some cabins. You want to camp and do a little drinking, hanging out by a fire? I'm like, absolutely. It's going to be a little chilly, but I guess what that's what the beer's for, right? Keep you warm a little yeah, bit. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's going to be maybe mid-30s, lowest. Yeah. It's cold term, tonight, but like tomorrow 40. we'll do some exploring. I think they have like 50 or 90 acres or something. He said there's like a huge rock wall and a cool bluff that you can kind of walk around. So that's that'd be awesome. fun. Are there any roots on that rock wall, like like drilled climbing? See, I have no idea. I don't know if it's ever been climbed or anything, but the way he was talking about it, it looked it looks pretty massive. Hmm. I think I wonder if I can pull it up on Google Maps, perhaps. <clears throat> So it's in Conway. Where exactly, what part of Missouri is Conway? I don't think I've been. (laughs) I love that goat. The screaming goat. It's called the Osage Branch Retreat Center. Is that by Osage Beach and all that? Is like Conway by Osage Beach? It might be like just just outside of of those outskirts. Yeah. Hmm. I just ask because. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm kind of retarded. It happens, yep. you yep. know. You know. That's just what I do. I can't remember. I've lived here my whole life. I don't... I've always heard Conway. I just didn't know where it was. Osage Beach is pretty cool. There's some... 
There's some fun stuff to do. Yeah, it's seasonal though, so it's dead oh, outside. Oh, for sure, of, for sure. Because whenever I worked for AT and T, we had a branch up there, and so we'd have to go up there and train. And so I I was up there for like two weeks and stuff, and it was the dead part of the season. So whenever we were in the store, like like you might get a customer or two today. I'm like, what do you mean one or two? And we worked off commission. So I'm yes, like, yes, no, send me back to Bolivar. I want to sell some phones. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not, not me sitting around sitting and store, waiting, just getting, staring at that, getting road eight bucks an hour. Screw that. Watching cars drive by for hours, <laughs> and all of a sudden you hear that. Ding. Oh. <clears throat> Hi there, welcome to AT and T. Hi there, how can I help you? I, I, that makes me sick. Yeah, <laughs> it makes me sick. I remember whenever we, whenever I first started at AT and T in Bolivar, we would have to go outside just to activate the phone because it wouldn't get service inside the building. Yeah, not bad. Because they didn't have, they didn't have towers. You try to sell a phone that yeah. doesn't work. <laughs> why don't we? Uh, why don't we step outside and? Uh, well, uh, you know, but it's so cold, it doesn't matter. No, <laughs> you want to start this phone I really up now? I want to show or? you what this phone can do <laughs> in the oh, man. in the dangerous conditions of tornadic activity. <laughs> We're going to step outside real quick. Oh, man. Um, uh, well, I say we not even talk about the whole Will Smith, Chris Rock thing. That's no, garbage. they don't deserve anything. No. Else. That's, this, that's just a meme waiting to happen. That's all it was. Yeah, it's absurd. People investing so much time into these people that they don't know and that don't know them. <sighs> okay, so Conway is, I'm going to guess, uh, roughly 10 to 15 miles kind of south of Lebanon. Oh, well, that's really close to where... I'm going to be tomorrow. That's what I'm saying. I bet it's going to be the same area, dude. Well, not- Same area. I know where it's at now. See, we're we're in the. It's by Ever Evergreen. Lebanon's up here. Yeah, we're we are left and down of that. Left and down. Yeah, yeah. this is, this is basically a straight shot south. Yeah, so that's closer to like Windyville, kind of. It's a little east of it, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Yeah. Which that's a whole nother. Uh, oh man, we go whole nother topic. Many stories about Windyville. It's a really weird little ghost town type of a thing that I'm pretty sure there's a cult there. They have a school of metaphysics. Well, okay. A lot of weird stuff has happened there. That does get into kind of into the the critical thinking realm, a.k.a. the conspiracy realm, where, you know, we obviously used to go there as kids for a quick scare, mostly just because of the eerie stories and because it was dark when we went and the woods are creepy. And the few people the, the that pe- live there are, don't want to be bothered. They, so they'll like, yeah. they'll, you know, they'll try to scare you off. So they'll flashlight. You remember that one time a guy Chase, shot yeah. directly outside. Yeah. Like and he a few chased us for yeah. miles in his truck with his, with his, like his truck. We yeah. were speeding to get away. They you don't know, want us there. Yeah. So, <clears throat> There are lots of made-up lore and history about what Wendyville is and what it was. Honestly, this is what I have deduced. It used to be a railroad town. It used to be kind of like a river town. Yeah, and they had a huge cannery and then a military. They had a kind school. Of, I can't they remember had if they built cannery. military supplies or something like that. But They probably were a, some sort of 
manufactured like yeah, a that's couple what, they made something some food I don't know what, preserves during the war or something for with the cannery and then most of the buildings burned down horrifically or well, something this happened. is where stuff gets weird yeah. because i tried to do research on it and it was flourishing at one point it was like bustling in comparison because nothing else was around it yeah it's a, it's a small town and not very close to anything that's very big what seems to be possibly uh possibly plausible was some sort of contamination. This is what I believe. I I honestly think it's very similar, if not identical, to the Salem witch trials, right? There were no witches in it. I mean, well, we, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Right. They weren't they were using finding witch correct. To just... What we know more than likely happened was a contamination on rye grains and they were all tripping various forms of LSD because that's what grows Hmm. right on rye with different contaminations. There's ergot. That's what the Egyptians used to also dabble in, which is a psychedelic natural fermentation bacterial thing that happens to grow on grains. Hmm. And that is more than likely one of the very first psychedelic or mind-altering right. substances that we have ever done outside of alcohol, finding a, um, a rotten fruit on the ground and eating it. And that kind of gave you a, a little weird tingly feeling in your mouth, you know, and then you ate a bunch of them and you got a little drunk. But outside of that, the intended psychedelic experience definitely seems to be from things like mushrooms or ergot some sort of mold on that grain Hmm. and it gets very interesting because when you have a contamination of the entire town's food source the entire town gets contaminated so i can imagine if the entire town is frying acid and doesn't know they're frying acid you would start thinking people are witches too. And you would start doing drastic things like we got to burn these people. And so there's a lot of theories, uh, theories out there that seem to point to some sort of contamination like this. They they were just going crazy. So they, I remember a couple, I mean, I've, I've honestly been probably 20 to 30 times in my life with random people at Mm -hmm. random times. And I think the scariest time was we went on Halloween night was the stupidest idea ever. And, uh, we went to the school of metaphysics and, you know, you, you always want to try to go a little bit further every time you gone, you know, like, so we'd park the car and walk all the way to the school. We touch the school, like we run back real quick, you know, yeah. but at th- this night, no one was in the school. So we were up at the school and were just they in the absorb, were they in the observatory? They weren't, there was nothing back there. They were in the forest. Oh, singing and stuff. They had chant ritual yeah. chants a red glow so they had yeah. a fire and you could just hear them oh no we are just hitting drums and just the creepiest creepiest yeah. chants you could possibly hear and we were we were scared to death we yeah. didn't know what was going on back and there. i'll tell you this this is where it breaks into that conspiracy side of it there are many people not just this place there are many people that believe and that have actively tried it because they believe it so there may be credibility to it and there may not be. I am 
going to go ahead and expose my bias and say I tend to believe them that they are able to open portals because they are thinking that it's an even exchange. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they think Selling they're going out their soul to be and getting a little bit of kick off of something. Well, just kind of working with the other side, working yeah. with the dark side, and they're being the manipulated because they don't understand that this is not going to be an even arrangement. Right. <laughs> like you're not going to be in control of anything. And I think they use weak people to open these doors that they can't open themselves. But when they are invited, just like a vampire, when you ask them to come in, you've already messed up. And now there's no one doing it. They're inside of your house. When all you had to say was, nope, stay outside. But they use these things to open portals. And there are people that genuinely believe and genuinely try to open portals so that they can contact the dead, quote, or contact other spirits or past people. Um, there's people that believe they can summon demons themselves to do yeah, things for creepy. them. So we cannot throw these people's ideas out and just ignore them because what if it holds some water? You know, and there are people that have long suspected Windyville being some sort of portal because mm. you can't help it when you drive there. When you drive there, day or night, it really doesn't matter. I've been through the daytime the past the past creepy. month. I've drove through twice. <laughs> yeah. It is very eerie. And it's not just like, well, this looks weird. It's You you get that feeling. No, it's a gut feeling of just something evil yeah. is there. And let's talk about that gut feeling. Your brain, we know, is a part of our neural, like neuro system, right? Our neurology, our brain is a part of that. Well, what a lot of people don't know when it's like, trust your gut, trust your gut. What does your heart tell you to do? Both your heart and your gut have their own receptors and sensors that are tremendously more than we've ever thought before. So when they think like, trust your heart, I truly think the heart is in charge of like your emotions. Because when you, when people say trust your heart, you get the feeling it's dealing with emotional things. When people right. say trust your gut, it's fear. <sighs> Take that big breath. We'll get a lot of oxygen. All those sensors in your gut are telling you there's something dangerous. There's fear. Get there's anxiety. In there. yeah. When you say trust your head, it's logic. You got to think through because there's something technical that requires wisdom. So I think there's something to these three different brains. And I think we need to start thinking of them individually as three different brains because they're very telling of what kind of like situation or scenario that we've put ourselves in. Because sometimes you may get a weird feeling you don't know how to read it. But if you, if these readings are true, if your brain deals with the logic and the wisdom, and if your stomach happens to deal with the fear and anxiety situations and your heart deals with the emotional, then maybe we can better recognize these situations as they arise and better respond and react. Or maybe they, maybe those certain parts of the body just react to that type of emotion well that's, rather than the opposite that's what i'm you saying I mean? why and how yeah 
Why is it that when you get nervous and anxiety and right. fear, your stomach hurts? <clears throat> Why is it that when someone breaks your heart, they break your heart? Yeah. When someone gets in your head and they mess with you, you have became stupid and weak and let them get inside of your head. And mani- manipulated. When, when you can yeah. just be like, man, just leave me alone. Right. Like, I'm not going to let that bother me. And you put up your defenses. I really think there's something to it. I think we haven't thought holistically about what our organs do and what our body does together. And I think we've looked at things like, well, the circulatory system does our blood. Respiratory does our oxygen. It's way deeper than that. Well, yeah, our bodies are so complex. You know, scientists have been studying it for years and they still have barely scratched the surface of how everything truly works. And I can't help but notice when I do go through Indyville, I get that stomach. Yeah. And it's a weird thing. It's just like, man, something is not right in this place. But when you look at all the stories online, you can't trust anything because anyone can write anything. And right. there's no actual historical lore. Maybe if you go Well, they to boast like, like on their, their, I guess, Facebook page or whatever. They boast that it's, it's, it's a study of the mind. Come study yeah. the mind with us. Yeah, that's us. the... That's how they kind of pull you in, like, I and don't know. We used to call them and prank call them in high school all the time, Rex and I and Rat and all these guys. We used to, when we were 16, 17, we'd call the School of Metaphysics in Windyville because they did dream interpretations over the phone. Oh so gosh, I would yeah. call in and I'd make up a dream and they would be interpreting it. Yeah, and I we think would, there was a radio was station that speaker. did that stuff yeah. too. Yeah, that's so funny. But listen... Their occult symbolism on their sign alone, I was unaware when I was a kid. Because remember, we're all ignorant of symbols until no. you start looking and start learning. Like, okay, well, I'm going to be aware of these things. And if I start seeing them, I'll stop. And then I'll I'll go back and be like, where did I see this? Yeah. Where did I see it? Their occult symbolism is just all throughout it. Their principles and theories deal with occult, witchcraft, and wizardry stuff. Right. And alchemy. It deals with self-empowerment, becoming or gaining powers that are not human-like, that you can't really gain because we're humans. Let's be real. We can't read so minds. they're just in denial, thinking they're gaining levels or power and just Which is not interesting. anywhere. <laughs> so these people are believing that they're going to be a god, and they're tricked, and they're not. Which, to me, you know, to everyone it's different. But to me, my background and my understanding is that's anti-god. Right. That means that that's not of God. There's nothing good in that for me, and like I'm gonna Mormonism stay a little bit. Yeah, I'm gonna stay away from all that. You know, that's something that I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna expose myself. But it is weird how, like, you know, I've had that experience where if you go on, man, what day is it? January, January thirty first, or it's the National Day of Prayer for them for the metaphysics. So they're outside in the woods and instead of the red glow, like you saw, we saw a blue glow. We had a car full of people, my RX seven. We had three people in the window. Cause All hunched, hunched remember down. how there's no back seat oh, in yeah. that. So it was just like a ramp up to the back glass. We had three little 80, 90 pound high schoolers shoved in the back and two people in the front. And yeah, we went out there and we heard the singing. They were singing and chanting but it was from the observatory side behind and there was a blue glow like a whitish blue Hmm. there was a little blue it was like those headlights that makes me yeah that makes me believe that they had 
actual light set up, yeah. whether HIDs or something like that. It was that, very but. weird. It was very weird. Whereas mine was more primal, and you could tell it was a fire glow or, you know, something. And yeah. I mean, you know, all this could literally just be a school for people to broaden their mind and, you know, do what kind of the Bhagavan, some of the yogis, expand your mind and you will... You will see true. You know. So I understand there's different levels of this, but what they do seems just weird. Yeah. There. The occult symbolism doesn't settle with me very well either. Anyone that just puts that kind of stuff out there, it, it really. Now it's obvious no. to me. Now it's obvious, whereas before it's not. It and it, seems, and it seems like there's so many deaths that's happened there. Like if you kind of briefly Especially look at, lately, it's, the weird I stuff, wanna man. I want to say it's haunted, you know what I mean? There's got to be something there. That's what I'm saying. I truly think that we live whatever we live in. Remember how we I briefly talked about maybe we're on a globe, maybe we're on a plane, maybe we're in a realm, whatever you call this thing that we live in or on together. We know that simultaneously, just like when you put glasses on, like 3D glasses, things pop. We don't have spiritual eyes to see the supernatural and spiritual side of where we live. Which I don't think I'd want that because I'd no, be like, uh, no, you definitely what don't. What was that movie with uh, Bruce Willis, the little kid? Uh, they could Sense. see ghosts. Six Sense. I would people. that that haunted me so yeah. much. But see, that's what I was kind of like thinking the other day. So I got that game Elden Ring, you know, yeah. where it's just like amazingly creative. The the it's mythical beasts are creative and unique, like half man, half this, uh, maybe flying more of the fantasy earth realm. fan, super yeah. fantasy. What if it's like that layered on our earth? Whenever you put on the glasses, there might be a walking skyscraper with legs and like demonic yeah, wings crazy. and fire, you know, crazy stuff that simultaneously exists in our plane, but there's a barrier. There's some sort of electrical charge, all the particles in the air, all the electrons. Everybody knows everything is electricity in our existence. It's like a shroud. The body, the sky, yeah, the water. So they think we live in some sort of electrical current system, basically, because you moving muscles is an electrical charge. You thinking, you speaking, you breathing, everything, the sky, the static. It's weird. Mm -hmm. There's electricity everywhere. So... Well, and magnetic fields as yes. well. True North, how do, how does that happen? That doesn't make sense. That's what to I'm me saying. Either. There is some <laughs> entity or something yeah. created to make that law quote, but it's not a law. It's a theory. What it, we are calling it that because we don't understand it. It's just what we can do, right? Like what we said, it's very hard to understand what's going on but a lot of it isn't relevant to our daily life it's Mm -hmm. it'd be cool to know we would love to know the answer but some things we will never know and we must accept that and move on and we're not going to know until no we get to the other side or whatever and these places where various points in time in various locations whether it's Gobekli Tepe in Turkey to 
the pyramids in Egypt to, you know, um, South America with Peru and stuff. Like, there are places where major, major events have taken place. And now it's silent or now it's quiet and it's calm. But there's so many signs that you can see that there were cataclysmic events or some oh yeah weird things that happened and a lot of them you know we briefly talked when cast was on the podcast um that a lot of these places happen to be built directly over like a geomagnetic fault line not like the terrestrial fault line but like the geomagnetic so like the pyramids are on directly on top of a water system that Turns back and forth and it generates magnetic like radiation, basically microwaves in a certain direction up. And it's like, well, how do you encase microwaves? Well, you can build a lot of, you know, an enclosure. And how do you create gravity? Well, we, we can't. How do you create that, that pull, that force, that energy? We theorized that if you create enough density, um, an object with enough density, super saturated, like beyond the amount that it's able to under normal physics, if it gets super dense, like the sun, quote, then theoretically it would have its own gravitational pull and it would start creating gravity. But like these things, man, we can't test or prove. How do you prove any of this? No. It's all been theories. It's all been theories. But theorizing back with the portal thing there are people that have contacted through various religions or various deities and their civilizations and various timelines they have communicated with other things that have no doubt given them short-term wisdom and technology and advancements that no doubt progress them ahead of everyone else of their time. But not a single one survives today. Not a single one of these massive, major, advanced civilizations, nor their technologies, were passed down. That's why I truly think it could be a situation of just divine intervention where God at one point was like, this is not going to happen. This particular civilization or this particular thing maybe it was even more personal maybe it was even like you guys are so evil i will forever curse to where no one will recall the name i will forever let it be on the tip of the tongue and you will never even utter the name of your civilization but i'll leave you like scraps yeah and people will just wonder forever what happened but I will erase you. And maybe something like that genuinely happened multiple times because we all know that there has been multiple cataclysmic events in a variety of regions. And that goes with not just biblical history. That goes with just history in general, even. Well, you um, had plagues, you had all kinds of other things that weren't, you know, necessarily controllable. And there are tons of circumstances that we can't explain, but when you see their work or see the result of their connection with whatever or whomever this may be, it's massive. Buildings like the pyramids, 
you know, buildings and carvings in Gobekli Tepe should not happen. Could not happen with what they say. They say hunter-gatherers wearing like loincloths and, and skins, chiseled intricate designs into hardest granite stones. And not only that, moved them, and they're like 100, 100 tons, some of these stones. Yeah. Without machinery, just Loincloths, dude? Yeah. <clears throat> with brass and copper, which can't even chisel into into that one You'd or two hits, it dents it harder than yep. that stone, Bingo. which would be like diamond Bingo. or something even harder than that. Like, I wouldn't know would be harder. Than and the granite. precision where you can't slide a credit card in between some of these, yeah, like stones, dude. That's a laser cut. You know, that's like modern milling of stones. There's something that we don't know. There's many things that we don't know about these civilizations. And it's always intrigued me recently, you know, in the past like 10 years. I never even thought to question any of this until slowly finding out that everything we've been taught is wrong or a, an intentional or, or deception. Exactly. It's, it's, it's like, why even 100% tell 100% bold-faced lie. Yeah. It doesn't even make any sense. But these people will tell us, you know, something and then... Like, come on, man. Just kind of expect us to believe them after telling us the most just but illogical then, but things. It, but then again, is that just ignorance teaching ignorance? Or is that just, they just, you know, they know the real difference, but they don't want to pass the information off. I think it's that, the latter, paired with the people that are accepting the information are not challenging it at all and they're not looking and checking it for themselves and they're not thinking about it no. because I didn't even think no. to like challenge if the world was really a globe or like if the government's really on your side like I didn't even think about I mean, it a lot of times taught to accept everything is or like space is rule. real or is space fake are we even going anywhere or like did we land on the moon? Did JFK really die by the CIA? Like, this is all stuff. It's so apparent. And they've worked so hard to cover up these things. And then you find out that they worked so hard to cover up, like, tiny things, too. Yeah. For no reason, where you don't even really see. And then you start questioning, like, why would you yeah, go why? to that extent to cover up something so in insignificant? There's got to be a... And a then it makes your stomach hurt. And that's <laughs> yeah. when it's like, wait a second. Remember, our stomach's hurting. The fear, yeah. anxiety, something wrong is happening. My gut is telling me that there's a lot of bad stuff that's just always happened, you know, in the past. And I don't know what has happened at places, you know, like Egypt. We, we may never be able to explain it um, because... I'm I'm just afraid that we, you know, every time there's an individual study, it gets locked up, like all the results. Like, did you even know this? I didn't know this until like four days ago. They found a labyrinth in Egypt. <laughs> did you know that? But what's at the end of Buried. the labyrinth? Is it, is there? No one knows. You know why? Because it was like a billionaire. He came in. They bribed and paid the government probably a billion dollars. To let them actually study. And then they kept it private because that was part of the rules. And study's gone. So they they found, never released they it. Found they found they crazy stuff. And they're like, hey, and, don't, don't, don't do this. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's, this happens all the time. 
that Dr. Uh, Nahi Zawas, whatever his name is, I hate that guy. He's the leader of Egyptian uh, antiquities. He is the biggest piece of crap ever, man. He is single-handedly holding back archaeology in Egypt, finding out that the Egyptians didn't build crap, dude. Mm. They're inheritors. They walked in. They defaced monuments. They stole monument pieces and blocks to build other stuff. They carved on top of other stuff. They basically wrote graffiti and their name on top of it. That's what's looking more like it. Because the Sphinx is like two to three times older than what they told us it was. There's tunnel systems underneath all of Egypt that's completely locked away that they won't even let you won't let you talk about, won't let you well, videotape, and there's, Yeah, there's hidden tombs and stuff that probably haven't been discovered. Um, I know there's... And something. there's never been a single king or pharaoh found in a pyramid, yet they tell us the pyramids are tombs for pharaohs. No, they're not. Mastabas are. Because the mud brick pyramid, or the mud brick mastabas... Mausoleum? Is that what they... No. No, where they get buried in. Mastabas. That's the mud brick kind of thing. Like in the Valley of the Kings. Yeah. Why do you think it's called that? Because that's where they buried the kings. And they're almost all mastabas in little tombs that are dug out. Not a single pyramid appears here. Right. And not a single body is found. Yet, they continually tell us, and they don't allow exploration, they don't allow research, they don't allow studying. Is that because it's protected quote unquote well that's what they say of course because they know they know what's there right and they are working with whoever to keep that under wraps it is insane if you guys are interested in learning about these there's there's a couple places i'll send you uncharted x did you mean to make that pun right there about the unwrapped mummies no i didn't (laughs) all right continue (laughs) it is it's pretty cool. He's uh, I want to say he's an Australian dude that he's an amateur archaeologist, but don't let the amateur fool you. He does a lot of studying, and he goes to Egypt every year. He goes, and he bribes people, gets the right tours. He has friends that he gets to go places where we can't, and he brings cameras. He mm-hmm. shows you. He's the guy that showed me on camera right in front of my eyes. Well, I wasn't there in person, but you can see where... They're quarrying some of these areas, and you're allowed to walk here. And if you just have a bottle of water, you can reveal a secret in front of your eye. You look around, make sure there's no one like looking at you, make sure there's no secret Egyptian police because they're all over the place. Yeah. All over the place, waiting to grab you. Come on. Mm-hmm. Put a dagger to you. If you pour water on top of any of these stones in this quarry, you'll see concentric rings a giant 30 foot saw blade that's the only way to make it that's the only way to make it and they've measured it due to the math you know seeing the rings he's taken the gaps they've measured them on these private tours they estimate it's about 25 to 30 foot saw blade because it's a ring you can see the concentric rings like a like the inside of a tree like a tree stump. Right. When so you cut then, something, well, as you know, ass. with metal, a blade, and you were kind of like a grinder, and you were cutting right. across a solid pipe, and you get through that pipe, you're going to see concentric rings from that cutting well, disc. All the different teeth or through. whatever you're using. Correct. Yeah, it's going to have different... And this left perfect concentric spaced 
rings milling through the stone. A technology that we didn't have until like 1989. I mean, what if they had the precision of just a mechanical, you know what I mean? Not necessarily electric, obviously, but like something where it's just designed perfectly. You know, the Romans were brilliant. They had all these ideas and stuff, but they, you know, they could execute Allegedly, but yes, no, I, I agree. But without a doubt, whatever it was, it was a saw blade. Right. And it was about 30 feet big and it was cutting this granite so it had to be a diamond or something stone that's what i was gonna look at that was cutting through this hardest stone and granite and all the quartz and stuff that appears i mean most quartz is like on the Mohs scale of what seven Mohs hardness and pair that with the granite dude it eats through blades especially if it's not diamond these guys were cutting concentric rings and you can see them if you go to YouTube, guys, you can look at these videos too. Look at Uncharted X. X is just the letter X, Uncharted X on YouTube. And he also has his podcast on Spotify and all that. But definitely go to the videos. You can see these milling exposures that show you that they had technology. And they, and by the way, Dr. Nawaz Zahi, whatever his name is, the jerk off, he still tells us that they were in the Bronze Age and Stone Age. So he says they did all of this with bronze and copper tools, which is impossible. It's just inconsistent. Impossible. Uh, it's, yeah, impossible. It's, Two million stones for one pyramid. Impossible. The only thing, <laughs> well, I mean. They can't do it with that. The strength in numbers because pharaohs would have tens of thousands still, of slaves. Still. But yeah, you can't get precision what out of about a thousand. the tools. Yeah, right. People right. can't dig and scratch ten thousand yeah. people, so they had to have tools. There's a problem though. We have found zero tools. Maybe they were looted. Zero hieroglyphs that show the building of anything. Yeah. Zero hieroglyphs that show pictures of tools, other than for agriculture, or for war like weapons. Nothing. Or what if, you know, they had something like all their documents in a library and that got looted or burned or, you know what I mean? Like, what if they had a good system of here's all, all of our information, whether it's on a scroll or chiseled into a rock and that got taken, destroyed but somehow? why would they bother painting from daily life, love affairs, gathering food, farming food, uh, high priests? capturing slaves they pictured all of this stuff but why wouldn't they right why would picture the building of their greatest accomplishments because i think they didn't do it i think the people that inherited owners yes they they walk bingo i mean it makes and they erased all evidence of first ownership whoever that was so that would make more sense they destroyed all of everything and just hey you and I legitimately think the Egyptians yeah. were in the Bronze Age because they didn't build any of that. They didn't know what they were doing, and they just had bronze tools like, man, look at this place we just stumbled in. And this is where I think it happened. Check it out. So the Gobekli Tepe incident. You're going to say aliens, aren't you? No, no, no. <laughs> was a, anywhere from 11,000 to 12,000 years ago. That's where we estimate the cataclysmic event happened. Some sort of meteorite or some sort of fire from sky, fire and brimstone, like God destroying Sodom and Gomorrah, which is around Turkey, potentially 
where they think Sodom is, is on the east side by Jerusalem across the sea, right there along the coast. Mm. That's where they think it was, which makes sense. If you're on Gobekli Tepe in Turkey, and there truly was a sky cataclysmic raining fire down, and you're on the tallest mountain in the area, you could see 100 miles. Oh, yeah. And you would see, which is around 100 miles, you would see... The chaos, the chaos ensuing, the <laughs> and they carved into their stones granite intricately twelve thousand years ago. A cataclysmic event was either coming or something they witnessed, and they chiseled that bad boy in, and it was like fire and all that from the from like the sky, and they found a twenty five percent salt in the soil around Gobekli Tepe, which is unheard of. Even by the ocean, you don't find soil content with salt that's up to 25% in levels. So what would that be from bodies? Potentially something massive slamming into the earth and sending water and stone and all these elements around. So if it hits partially in the ocean or like the Dead Sea, Sodom and Gomorrah, hits there and sends salt water everywhere, I mean, there's a potential that this has happened. You're going to have an exchange of elements and layers of the earth where you can no longer date the layers of the soil due to cataclysmic events. Right. So people like Randall Carlson um, have, and Graham Hancock have examined um, the particles of soil around places like Gobekli Tepe and places around the world where you can where it was assumed there was some sort of craziness that happened and you can examine them under microscope and see what they look like if they're fuzzy looking or something or jagged then they're probably normal uh, you know just normal soil but if they're sphere spheroids he calls them they've been melted Hmm. and they're like curvy they're you know like little melted he's like then you know Something smashed and got hot enough for quartz to melt so that's and turn to spheroids. If it's like meteorite or paired meteor, with, you know, yeah, or, paired yeah, with something. something. And he's like, rapid heating paired with rapid cooling causes this. He's like, it could be a meteorite with water. It could be or many maybe different. A uh, giant dispersing. lightning storm and yeah. then it snowed right after. Or something. Yeah, something crazy happened at a lot of these places. That we have no idea. It's super interesting. Super interesting. I wonder if we're going to get like the whole timeline whenever we get to heaven. You know of course. What I mean? Are we going to know everything? For, are we going we'll to be, be able to ask? No, 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 no. But one thing that it does say, you will know everyone's face and right. who they are. So you'll be like, Moses, yo. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Dude, you got a beard. And he'd be like, beard bros, campfire fun time. I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been listening, listening, dude. From day one. You got a beard. That's exactly right. Great big bushy beard. That's what people are going to be saying. We're going to get up there. It's going to be crazy, though, because I think that's what the, you know, forever and like celebrating in jubilation, you know, just like celebrating and giving praise forever. We're going to be on a new earth. Now, listen, this is where it gets interesting. I also found this old lady video, and she, she actually had a really interesting uh theory 
Mm-hmm. She's like, so the new earth, remember how the Bible talks about in revelation, the new earth, new Israel, like it'll be perfect. Is that new, the word they free. use? New earth, new earth. Okay. There'll be new heaven and new earth. Cause God will, you know, eliminate what is, what is hell? Not, not like the fire, but what is like purgatory? Yeah. Like what is hell? It's eternal Damnation. separation yeah. from God. He is, he's gone. This lady theorizes, he's like, I don't really believe hell is going to be like a place place. I think it's going to the symbolism. He's like, what we're on now, there's God here and there's angels here. Yet we're still kind of an evil place. Imagine a godless place where we live. He's like, this place will be abandoned. We will all get taken up that are believers and we're going to the new earth, the new heaven and new earth where we will abide with our creator and with Jesus and we'll be on this new earth and they will all be here. So they're, they're on hell on the old earth. That is a yeah. decent, That's interesting. nice, interesting thought provoking yeah. because we just assume well, fire and brimstone because God says so. Well, maybe that's a parable. Yeah. Maybe the separation of God is so, you know, it's, we, you can't even fathom because it's so like Satan's so evil. And God is so good and God is love that without love, what is this place? And if he removes himself, which God is love, he calls himself love. God is love for the greatest of these is love, faith, hope, and love. The greatest is love. He calls himself love time and time again. That is what God is. When people say, what is God? God is love. We obviously know he's a creator of everything, but there's no such thing as fear. We create fear. You understand? Satan provokes and lets us have these, these fears, anxieties. But the only true thing that is consistent for everybody on this entire planet is love. Every single person has the capability of love. And I think that's no coincidence. You know, God is love. God is in everyone. God is everywhere at the same time. But if we don't accept love, you're choosing hate and anger and fear and living without God. You're going to have more of those things. Look at your godless friends, just like mine. They have way more of those things in their life and more than they care to admit. I, I don't understand their take on things. How could you not think there's anything afterwards and how you know what i mean like to me that would be so depressing just to know that once you die there's you're gone that they're... like that to me is just the biggest bummer yeah and I, I don't know how you could believe that way but i i looked up i looked up just to see what the most commonly used words were in the bible and in order it's lord god man israel and people mm. kind of interesting I don't think Israel will be well. Israel up struggles there much. with God. Yeah, Israel's mentioned so much, hmm. but it is important to look at passages literally in the Bible because some passages are literal. It's like, hey, don't do that. Yeah, I'm not trying to. Thou shalt not kill. Yeah, don't kill people, dude. Right like, there. don't don't be killing people. It doesn't mean well. Don't know. You know. That's why the death penalty is not biblical. It's not of God. It's not man. It's not. That doesn't mean I'm for it nor against it. I'm just saying it's not biblical. 
You're supposed to turn the other cheek. Now, what do you do as a civilized society to enforce certain laws and deter certain crimes? This is what we've figured out, and it kind of works. But you know how many people die innocently? Yeah. It's horrendous. It's horrendous, the amount of false deaths. And I cannot be a follower of God and a follower of the Bible and be for the death penalty anymore because there is no way of knowing for certain if, if this, guilty. yeah, dude, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. And how, and, how can we play with someone's life like that? Kind yeah. Of? It's just, and yeah. unless you have them on camera, if you have them on camera, or if you have them in front of people and these witnesses saw this person do it and it's something horrendous, that's a different conversation. Yeah. But like, if you're going to make me push the button, I'm not going to push any button, man. I'm not going to do that. I wasn't there. I, I am not the judge. God says we are not the judge we are not to judge others right. because the way you judge you will be judged i don't want that <laughs> and, and he also says only god the father can judge yeah and that's why i think it's that's the curse that you get when you start judging people you're judged the exact same way right back right so when you're like that that lady over there she's that and, karen that, oh that's my exactly you <laughs> will get that's exactly what you get right back I remember uh, there was a comedian that made light of it, and I don't mean to make light of the situation because obviously it's pretty devastating. But he he was he went off like, you know, they've got "Thou shalt not kill" and stuff. Like, why don't they have "You shall not rape"? Like, why is that not in the Bible? And then I started thinking about it, like, why, why isn't that in the Bible? Is that just because I know that back in the day, like, the man was the dominant, you know, for the most part. And women well, typically would kind of... The words, thou shalt not rape, aren't in there. Right. But all of the sentiments are. Yeah. And it instructs you not to... Like, you're not supposed to just go and like assault and abuse somebody, and that can cover... Like, you're not to take your neighbor's wife for your own. Like, you're not right. to cover your, you know, cover, your spouse. Yeah. You're not to commit adultery. These are all things that were written in a time of tribal, nomadic people. That with, with all due respect, were almost short of barbaric. Almost everybody on, on, right. on the planet was. According to modern times, yeah. they were all barbaric. Everyone was killing everybody. Everyone was conquering everybody. If you weren't conquering, you were losing. You were dead. Your women were raped. Your kids were killed. And you were killed. And like, right. That's just what happened. But that's also why I don't let anti-God people start defining what and how I believe and what the Bible says. One, they, they've never read it. And two, they're like, well, your book says to stone homosexuals. And no, it doesn't. It never once says to do that. It talks about how it happened in the old Testament. And then also it talks about many different historical things. Not all are good. Not all are bad. There's just, it's a historical document as well as the living word of God. And we are not governed and we're not to be doing those Old Testament things because we're not Old Testament. Right. We are New Testament. It's we have the New world, Covenant. Different, different time. Jesus came specifically for the New Testament. We are the new way. Anyone, anywhere, anytime. You know what I mean? There's no cost. There's no entry fee. That's the beauty of it. And so I don't let them define me 
And the second people start doing that, I disengage because I understand that they're not here to have a conversation no, and I'm not no. going to throw my pearls to the pigs. No. Like the Bible says in Matthew, don't waste your time. They've shown you they're only here to negate and argue. They're not going to listen. They're not here to learn. They're not here to understand what you have to say. They're just here to be a jerk. Be a troll. Yeah, I got a lot of those, but a lot of those friends where, um, you know, I don't. It's hard to wrap your mind around how they think. Well, they, how do you wake up every day and not have anything to look forward to right. other than Man, items, just... items, things, mm. you know, things. Or popularity. I think that's a huge one now. I've got, well, I've attention. got a thousand likes on it. Dude, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? That's why I, I have a hard time talking to people because the substance of their conversation, it's all small talk. Yeah. It's all small talk, and it's while they're talking to me, I'm watching them like in my head. I'm watching them grab milk crates and stacking them on top of each other, trying to soapbox taller and taller and taller, and it's just embarrassing. Oh, I've done this. you know. I have this. I, oh, I was unaware that we're having a competition of uh, accomplishments. We're, yeah, we're like, having I a flex was, off over yeah, here. I was... I was just asking you, you know, what you do now. I haven't haven't seen you in a few months, and all all you're talking about is, you know, politics or what what new trendy thing that you can activate for and be an activist. It's absurd. They're so their life is so comfortable. There's no and it's without conflict. That's the problem, man. Because they got, they don't have, yeah, they don't have they real conflict to, to worry about, like survival wise. So they, they've got, you know, other stuff they can just bitch and complain about. <laughs> yeah, and they just create it. When if you, if you take a step back, realize that you might not be on the right path or you're doing the wrong things. <clears throat> you know, we've talked about it before. Stuff clears up naturally, even by itself, without you doing additional things just by stopping doing some things most of your life cleans up man i'll be honest uh, my my okay my life has flipped upside down in the past 30 days i lost my fiance lost my house lost my dogs got a new job at a new time it's just one of those things where everything has flipped but i think god is doing something for the better I, at, you know, at the time I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? That kind of thing. And I'll get into a heavy situation here, but it's one of those things where I know God's working it out for the greater good. So I just have to sit back and just trust in him that it's going to work out. Well, for sure. And like on the other items, obviously fiance house, I can't speak for, but for, for changing the job, that alone is an obvious upgrade oh yeah going to days from monday through friday will actually let you have nights and let you have weekends where you can do things again regular schedule which also means we'll be more consistent on podcasting we can do more podcasts more than one or two a week for sure we actually have time the the biggest issue was our schedule guys in case you didn't know he was an overnight welder created so i'd go Um, in at 5 p.m and get off one or two days a week is all we had the opportunity it's rough <clears throat> so if we didn't do it every weekend at certain times, it didn't happen. So there's some gaps, but it's all right. Yeah. You guys stuck with us. We appreciate it. You know, we got big plans. Just depends on uh, 
kind of what route we want to take, but we're going to keep growing this thing. Um, however we've, we've got ideas like. in the works for sure. It's just, yeah, it's just like what you said, it's just how, how it's going to be laid out essentially. So, oh, dude, did you see a uh, blue room comedy club here in Springfield? They are without a doubt the best comedy club outside of like probably St. Louis. So within a couple hundred mile range, Oh yeah, blue room is the best, um, one of the best comedy clubs for sure. And they have been killing it booking. You got like Eric Griffin. They got. Uh, Josh Wolf was here. Josh a Wolf, Polly Shore's coming. Yeah, I mean Steve-O's coming, dude. There's a bunch of people that they've been booking like crazy, and it completely changed. It completely changed for the past like two, two years or so. Their uh, their business was kind of going under because where they were sharing their venue with was billiards, um, this pool hall, and they ended up closing down temporarily which put the blue room on kind of this weird tipping point. No one yeah. knew what was going to happen to it. And they secured another venue. And now all they've been doing is just booking the best of the best. It's crazy. Well, and they're not, they're not charging <laughs> absorbent prices either. No, it's like, what is it like? 10 to 10 to $30. It just kind of varies by. Yeah. We, uh, we got the fancier like VIP booth seats mm-hmm. and it was an extra five bucks. So it was 30 bucks rather than yeah. 25. So you can't, you know, that, Granted, they're not like A-list comedians, but, but they're, they're all they're B-list. B-list yeah, for they're sure. all B-list. B-list. Yeah. And, and for Springfield, Missouri to have that, it's fantastic to have yeah. these kind of people just strolling in our town. So Yeah, because one of the biggest things is we, we, we don't have any other venues for comedy yeah. at all. Um, and we don't have any medium-sized places. So it's either you're going to play at Blue Room or you're going to play at JQH Arena. Or which, the Galois or yeah, something. Yeah, which is just not, it. you know, there's there's just not a lot of options. For, you want to sell for out for 30,000 people or 1,000 people or 10,000 people. So we know? didn't really get a lot of people, but I'm pretty excited that, you know, they're they're going to be, they're actually booking some really big names. Um, it's it's super crazy. But the, the problem with a lot of Springfield, um, I guess big big bands, big names um, coming through here is they don't do it anymore. And <clears throat> the biggest reason why is we don't sell out unless it's someone like Garth Brooks. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> like so, dude, they just don't sell. So you, you'll have people like Tony Hinchcliffe sign up for a comedy show in Springfield and then cancel a show because he only sold like half his tickets yeah. in like two weeks. It's like, what are you guys doing? Well, they're all out at the Luke Bryant yeah. concert down there, yeah. drinking their bush light. And a lot of the problem was they just weren't advertising enough. Like, Blue Room wasn't marketing enough of the show, so people didn't know until, like, the day of that the comedian was coming in or, right. like, a couple days prior. And it's like, I wish I would have known, but now they're getting much better at posting they're advertising months out. He- yeah, heavily. Yeah. Heavily. Yeah. Which is how it should be. You know, to, you know, people are super busy nowadays and... uh be able to see Polly Shore and Eric Griffin and Josh Wolf, Wolf and all that in Springfield, Missouri is really awesome. Yeah. You don't have to travel oh, sure. to Oklahoma or Texas or St. Louis, um, North Missouri, you know. Super handy. I'm pretty excited, though. Comedy's blowing up. I'm, gl- <clears throat> yeah, I'm glad it's taken off again because I know it, it was a stale point in the, what is it, 90s, give or take, but yeah, it's come around full force. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, 
you had your powerhouses, but comedy was changing and, you know, it was going through so many different shifts and there's so many people to, you know, to thank for that, but there's a lot of bad comics and it was all filled with hacky yeah. comics that wouldn't yeah. change their set for 10, 15, you know, that or years. rip someone else's jokes off, you know, and they're just, yeah. <laughs> I remember Rogan was talking about, he went back to Boston. This was a long time ago, but he went back to Boston. This was while he was in LA and had been there for a while. So he had already moved from Boston where he had started comedy, mm-hmm. went to LA, started doing that more. And then he came back for something he said he stopped in in one of the old clubs he used to work for, which he used to go and work for a lot of mob-owned comedy because he just didn't yeah. know it at the time. Oh. And you could either choose to take like your your like forty or fifty bucks or cocaine in equivalent. <laughs> he's like, that's the kind of clubs that he worked. That's the conversion rate. Yes, <laughs> and he's like, I saw so many comics just take the cocaine. It was insane. Yeah, he's like, I Yikes. couldn't believe it. Almost all of them, just like. <laughs> and guess what? He's like, those same ones. He's like, I kid you not. One dude was doing the exact same bit, the same set, not just the same bit, the same set that he did like seventeen years ago. Whenever Joe Yikes. was there, and he's like. Dude, what a nightmare. Yeah. Like, what a nightmare. That's, that's not adapting and evolving. That's no. sitting, being complacent, and not progressing. Just walking out. Hey, hey, hey. All right, tonight. <laughs> what do you think of that Y2K? <laughs> Let me hear it. <laughs> the next year is the same thing. You just hear it. Uh, Well, it's cold today. It's going to be nice tomorrow. Tyler, I know you've. Got to go. You I need to get go my, get I get my hair cut. I got a hair appointment at four, and then we're going to start heading out to the land out there yep. in Conway in about five. So Yeah, and then I've got uh, nothing really to do tonight, but tomorrow I'm going to be working on the land more than likely, getting ready for turkey season. That's got my nice. decoy. Got my call. I'm ready. Land's cleared enough, so yeah. we'll see. But <clears throat> I guess uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and cut this one off. It's been a good one. We talked about a lot of stuff here. Yeah, I kind of hit on a lot of points. It's been about three weeks, two weeks, two and a half, something like that. We got we'll a lot to say, all right? Yeah, we'll do better. <laughs> but all right, thanks, thanks, guys, for joining us. I've been Grant. I'm Tyler. We love you. Bye.